But in this passage, that's not primarily what Jesus is speaking of. I think he's speaking of our eternal salvation. In fact, our eternal security. Because what he's saying is, if you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, nothing can snatch you out of the hand of the Father. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. That's one of the things that distinguishes Christianity from every other world religion. We believe that we have a personal God. So the Bible teaches us things like this. The hairs on our head are counted. It says he collects our tears in a bottle. He knows us. I've lived long enough to know that one of our greatest fears is Worrying what people would think if they really knew us. What would the people I hang out with do if, if they knew the worst things I've done? If, if they knew my weakest moments? If they really knew me? The Bible teaches us that the one who loves us most is the one who knows us best. So that means there's nothing you could do That would make God love you any less than he already loves you. And there's nothing you could do that would make him love you more. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. The psalmist put it this way in Psalms 139 in verse 1. Oh Lord, you've searched me and you've known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You searched out my path and my lying down are acquainted with all my ways. He knows us, and he calls us by name. Jesus loved responding to those in his circle of influence by name. He would call out Simon. He would say, Martha, Martha. He, he would cry out to the little man in the tree by name. He would say, Zacchaeus. It's clear that in love, he would speak the name of Mary Magdalene. And there's one whose name he would call, and he would come up out of the grave. Lazarus, come forth. I want you to know today that wherever you are, whatever you're going through, no matter how heavy your burden, Jesus knows you. And he would say that to you. I've got this. I've got you. And I know you. But there's a third thing I think Jesus would say. I believe Jesus would say to us, follow me. It's clear in the John 10 passage that the good shepherd is a leader. Now, there are three characters in this story, just to remind you of what's taking place. The first is the thief. The thief is coming. He's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Then there's the sheep. The sheep are being led. They're being protected. They're being cared for and guided by the good shepherd. That's the third character. Jesus is the good shepherd. You're not the good shepherd. I'm not the good shepherd. We're the sheep. Sheep that can sometimes be very dumb. Sheep that left on their own will ultimately result in eating their own excrement and going to their own death because they can't take care of themselves. That's us, the sheep. 
And I've learned this about me as a sheep, my natural tendency, my personality, even my vocation, my fleshly wandering, is to try to lead, to try to take control. If this were a support group, I would be raising my hand saying, hi, I'm Paul, and I'm a control freak. Before you look at me like that, <laughs> you are too. We, we all want to manage our lives and our, our situations, and we want to take control. But in, in this situation, God is saying to me, it's not your responsibility to lead. It's your responsibility to follow. We're playing follow the leader. He is our leader. Psalms 23 helps me understand that. Don't you love this passage? Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's the leader. We're followers. So what happens when we follow him? He directs us. Aren't you thankful for the guidance and the direction of our loving God? The Bible says that we make our plans, but it's God who guides our steps. If I trust in the Lord with all my heart, if I lean not into my own understanding, if I acknowledge him in all my ways, he will direct my path. I'm so thankful that God directs us. I'm not left on my own. If I want to know and do the will of God, the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 5, all I have to do is ask him for wisdom and he gives it to me generously. He directs us. But what does that mean? It means he directs us through green pastures. He directs us through quiet waters. He, he directs us through dark valleys. He directs us through dangerous enemies. He directs us through the shadow of death. He directs us through. So think about where you are right now. What you're facing. Maybe the situation our whole world is in. And understand this biblical truth. If he has allowed you to go through it, that means he wants to direct you through it. If he allows you to go to it, he wants you to follow him through it. That's what he does. He directs us. That's his responsibility. Our responsibility is follow the shepherd. You feel like you're going through something? Well, keep moving. You feel like you don't know how to make it through? Keep moving. You feel like life is spinning out of control? Keep moving. Keep moving through this health scare. Keep moving through your financial crisis. Keep through it moving through the marriage uncertainty. Keep moving through your job confusion. Keep moving. You, you feel like you're going through hell? Whatever you do, don't stop there. Keep moving. Sometime in order to follow him, you have to keep moving. But sometimes, he doesn't just direct us. Sometimes he corrects us. Psalmist put it this way, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I read that this week and it hit me. I began to think, what if we're in a worldwide 
make us lie down moment. You've seen all the different memes, the little graphics on social media and the internet. Uh, Someone sent this to me yesterday. God was mad at all of us, so he made us all go to our rooms. Well, I don't know about that. but, But what if God is just saying, time out. Tired of your bickering. I'm tired of your focused efforts on things that don't really matter. I'm going to make you lie down and listen to me. His rod and the staff, they comfort me. Why were the rod and staff a comfort? The rod and the staff for the shepherd were primarily used not just to guide the sheep. They were primarily used as protection against the enemies. Sometimes that correction comes in uh, so uh, we're reminded that we can be protected. Sometimes God is getting our attention. He may be doing that because he's trying to give us what we need. God may want you to give up what you want in order to experience what you really need. And you may not understand it. But maybe today you need to know that while you you may not understand him completely, you can follow him immediately. You can listen and respond to what he's saying to do. Jesus, the good shepherd, he speaks to me. But let me give you the second truth, and, and this is really what all of Scripture is all about. Yes, Jesus, the good shepherd, he speaks to me. But Jesus, the good shepherd, he saves me. He saves me. Jesus would go on in verse 25 to say this, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you're not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They'll never perish, and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. My Father who's given them to me is is greater than all. No one's able to snatch them out of the Father's hand, and I and the Father are one. Remember what I just said? God gives us what we need. Well, what's our greatest need? Our greatest need is salvation. We all need to be saved. And anybody can understand that on a daily basis, right? We, we need that daily salvation. We need to know that the trials, the tribulations, the burdens of life are not going to overtake us. They're, they're not going to overwhelm us. And I think maybe there'll be a moment when we get to heaven where we see and experience all those times God gave us daily salvation and we didn't even know it. So maybe in, the, in this moment you would take a, a second and you would just say, thank you God for the traffic accident I was not in. Thank you God that you have provided for lunch and dinner today. Thank you God that there are a lot of physical illnesses you protected me from. Thank you, God, that I have a a roof over my head or or that among all the people in the world, I I can worship online. God's daily protections are, are amazing to us. But in this passage, that's not primarily what Jesus is speaking of. I think he's speaking of our eternal salvation. In fact, our eternal security. Because what he's saying is, if you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, nothing can snatch you out of the hand of the Father. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. 
Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. When Jesus tells us he's the good shepherd and then tells us that nothing can snatch us out of the hands of God, that's some of the most comforting words we have in all of Scripture. That means no tribulations, no trials, no troubles or tragedies in this world. They can't overcome us. They may snatch others away from us, but they will never snatch us out of the hand of God. That's why Paul would say in Romans 8, after telling us that all things work together for our good and God's glory, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not sickness or death or peril, danger, the sword. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So the psalmist would say it this way. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Or in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, it would say, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed until the day of redemption. So how do we have that confidence and that eternal security? I think Jesus was speaking to that here. You can understand it better if you understand the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. In the old covenant, the sheep would die for the shepherd. You know that if you've studied any of the Old Testament. They were under the sacrificial system. And so to atone for sin, there were regular opportunities for sacrifice. The little lamb would be killed. And the shed blood of the lamb would cover the sins of of God's people, the children of Israel. The sheep would die for the shepherds. It's the old covenant. In the new covenant, the shepherd dies for the sheep. The Bible teaches us that Jesus became the lamb. He's the lamb of God. And his death on the cross of Calvary was the punishment for our sin. So just as that lamb's blood covered the sins of the people of the Old Testament, the lamb of God and his shed blood covered your sins and my sins. He provides for us. Story is told that in 1972, a, a shepherd had brought all of his sheep into the sheepfold that we learn about in John 10. This walled off protected area that the sheep would go into in the evening, and the shepherd was there with his sheep. But in the middle of the night, he was awakened to a ruckus, and somehow a wolf had created a hole in the midst of the sheep pen and was beginning to drag a sheep through the pen out to its death. The shepherd woke up suddenly and began to take his staff, his rod, and he began to beat the wolf. And as he began to beat the wolf, the wolf let go of the sheep and turned on him. And the wolf bit him many times. In the midst of that bloody battle, the shepherd kept on beating that old wolf until eventually he struck a blow that took the wolf's life. Struggling for life himself, that shepherd then turned his attention to his sheep. He began to cuddle that sheep. He began to wipe off the blood from the eyes of that sheep and get that sheep some water. And then they both fell asleep. The next morning, the shepherd didn't wake up. The shepherd died. 
The story goes that the Jerusalem newspaper that next morning carried these words in its headline, Sheep Alive Covered in the Shepherd's Blood. The Bible says that we are sheep and we're in need of salvation. Our eternity is hanging in the balance. But when Jesus died on the cross, his shed blood covers us. Like the hymns say, they wash us white as snow. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Uh, Several years ago, I, I heard an illustration that I think speaks to this in a way maybe more clear than anything we could do. It was an evangelism explosion. This is what I was taught. Imagine that this hand represents you and me. This hand represents God. God's our creator. Why did he create us? God created us for relationship. He, he created us for fellowship. That's God's desire. Uh, so with Adam and Eve, he walked and he talked with them in the garden until sin broke the relationship. And so I want you to think about sin for a moment. Sin is anything you do. It's anything I do that keeps us from God. It's what he tells us not to do. It's, it's those things we don't do that we should do. The Bible says sin becomes that barrier between us and God. And, and let's just pretend this wonderful Bible is just a record book of my sins. And I just need you to know in my life, I know me like God knows me. This would not be big enough. It would be much bigger. But here's what happens. God wants to relate to us, but our sin's in the way. And you and I, we do things like this. We say, great, God, I'll, I'll turn my life around. And God says, Paul, you don't understand. I know you. Your sin's still in the way. And we say, oh, God, I get it. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. <laughs> and he says, Paul, no, you don't get it. Your sin's still in the way. Listen again to that verse I just read. All we like sheep have gone astray. That's our sin. We've turned everyone to our own way. That's our sin. But the Lord has laid upon him, that's Jesus, the good shepherd, the sins of us all. When our sins are laid on Jesus, that frees God up to have a relationship with us. That's what salvation is all about. That's what it's talking about in 1 Peter chapter 2 when it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but now you've returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. Have you been healed? Have you experienced the healing, salvation of the good shepherd? It's one thing to know that God speaks to you. It's an entirely different thing to understand that the God of the universe has saved you from your sins so that you might have that abundant life he promises. Oh, Jesus. He's such a good shepherd. He, he talks about being a voluntary shepherd. He said, I, I laid down my life on my own. He talks about being a vicarious shepherd. He, he did that in your place, in my place. Jesus 
didn't have to die because of what he had done. Jesus died because of what you and, and I have done. But Jesus is a victorious shepherd because when he died on the cross, that's everything that needed to be done so that you and I could experience forgiveness and have forever life. That's the truth of the gospel. Christ died for our sins. Just as scripture said he would have to do. He was buried and he rose again. Just as the scriptures had said he would have to do. He's alive today. He's given us victory. The question is, is he living in you? (laughs) A few years ago, I heard about Shrek the sheep. Not Shrek the big green whatever he is, but Shrek the sheep. Shrek the sheep had gotten off on his own. And he had lived in a cave by himself, somehow managing to make it for a number of years. And when he was discovered, his fleece was humongous. His fleece weighed an amazing 60 pounds. That's 50 pounds more than the normal fleece. (laughs) He had enough wool on his back to make 20 men's suits. Shrek the sheep. It strikes me that God knew that sheep needed humans. In fact, he knew that they needed a shepherd. Otherwise, among the many dangers of their life would be this incredibly big extra burden that they would carry around. Remember where you and I are in this story. We're not the thief, though he's alive and well. We're not the good shepherd. We're the sheep. And I fear you and I can sometimes be like Shrek, the sheep. Sometimes we wander away and we hide out in caves and we allow the burdens, the weights of this world to overwhelm us. Some of you have done that even as it relates to this worldwide pandemic today. Your anxiety, your worry, your fear, it's become a burden that you're bearing It's keeping you from God's best. If you've never let God deal with your sin by trusting in Jesus Christ, then today you need to be saved. You need his salvation. But if you have and you're still carrying that burden of extra weight, you need to hear the good shepherd speak to you. Maybe you need to hear him say, I've got this. I've got you. It's okay. Maybe you need to hear him say, I know you. There's nothing you're going through that's catching me by surprise. And Maybe you just need to hear him say, follow me. This is what Jesus did say. In Matthew 11, come to me, all who labor, who are heavy laden, who are weighed down by all that extra wool. <laughs> and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus. I'm so thankful that Jesus would share with us, even in a culture that doesn't really get shepherd and sheep, he would share to us that he is there for us and that he could meet our every need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So my prayer for you today whether it's the first time 
and you deal once and for all with your salvation, or whether you just hear God speak and you let Him give you some sustenance and satisfaction today, my prayer is this, that you would come to Jesus. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.